Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Thursday, August 17th. On this date in 1863, federal batteries and ships began bombarding Fort Sumter and Charleston Harbor during the Civil War. The Confederates managed to hold on despite several days of pounding. And on this date in 1982, the first commercially produced compact discs were pressed at a Philips factory in West Germany. Yeah, remember CDs? Can you guess the group whose song was in that first pressing? I'll have that answer in just a couple of minutes. But first, let's check in at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center to see what to expect on your Thursday. And good Thursday, Board of T. I'm meteorologist Joey Sovine. Slight chance of rain along the coast this morning. A few inland showers and storms this afternoon. Overall, not a whole lot of rain today. High temperatures will go up in the upper 80s to around 90 degrees under a partly cloudy sky this afternoon. Tomorrow, 93. Looks dry on our Friday. The weekend, just a couple of isolated showers and storms in the afternoon. Most of the weekend will be rain-free. 93 on Saturday, 91 on Sunday. Headed into next week, we'll see things turn a little hotter again towards Tuesday and Wednesday. Highs in the mid-90s. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast. Powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. A school set to open next week in Goose Creek is causing concern because of potential traffic impacts. The Carolyn Lewis School currently only has one entrance. Now, the design initially had two entrances, a main one that has not been built, and a back one coming in from the Carnes Crossroads neighborhood. But because the second entrance isn't finished, that means all traffic, including buses, will be coming through the neighborhood. Goose Creek City leaders are working on another entrance that they hope to have done by the spring or the start of next school year. In the meantime, the city says they will have police stationed at the entrance directing traffic as well as some crossing guards to make it safer for everyone. As students prepare to prepare to return to the classrooms next week, Dorchester School District 2 is still having issues staffing bus drivers, so they've created some incentives. Around two dozen drivers short, the school board voted to create bonuses and pay raises for drivers on Monday. Minimum pay is also up $2 to just over $18 an hour. Drivers can also get additional bonuses through perfect attendance, working multiple routes, and even recruiting other drivers. We are continually looking for any options we can, and, and whether that's more pay, whether that's incentives, whether that's um, you know handling behavior issues on a bus, that, that becomes an issue. Those are all things we've got to think out of the box sometimes. The school district says the changes will cost them around $200,000 this year. Students return to the classroom on Monday. A new app designed to help high school students schedule their day as some parents worry. That app is called Saturn, and some security concerns have stemmed from parents finding details about their students' day-to-day schedules with little verification needed. The app's developers say they're making changes to strengthen their verification process to make sure only students can use the app. We reached out to Low Country School Districts about it, and Berkeley County says it has not approved it and instead says students should use district's own app that's similar but has additional security features. We're waiting to hear back from the other school districts about the app and what they're doing about it. 
Low wages and high cost of living all across the country have made it difficult for some to afford rent and maintain stable housing. Now, a South Carolina organization called 180 Place has announced they're launching an eviction prevention hotline through the United Way of South Carolina's 211 phone service. Our Madeline Jess Kowiak is live at 180 Place in downtown Charleston. So, Madeline, tell us why this is such an important emergency resource to have in the community. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Renters in the Charleston area are now able to dial 211 if they are worried they may be evicted from their current home. 180 Place is the state's largest nonprofit organization, and their goal is to end and prevent homelessness. They tell me this hotline is one way they are implementing the Eviction Protection Program, which is an initiative of the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development that started during the COVID-19 pandemic. When you call the hotline, you can receive no-cost legal assistance to hopefully avoid eviction from happening in the first place. The CEO of 180 Place says this allows them to intervene at this critical point before someone loses their housing and give them the legal representation they might need. South Carolina does not have legislation, a right to counsel. So you, if you're getting evicted, do not have a right to an attorney. So if you can't afford one, you don't get one. A landlord knows the system, maybe can even afford an attorney. So it's just not a level playing field when you're in front of a judge facing an eviction, which is already a very complicated, traumatic thing to have happen. Deneau says all you have to do is dial 211 and they'll be there to help. Reporting live in downtown Charleston, Madeline Jaskowiak, Live 5 News. A chemical plant in Charleston that's causing concern among those living nearby has a dangerous history. According to documents that we got from the South Carolina Department of Health and Environmental Control, the Langsys plant has had more than two dozen toxic chemical spills over the years, prompting serious calls for change in the area. Emily Johnson tells us more about those spills and the history of the plant. 25 chemical spills over the last 32 years. Ownership of the plant at 2151 King Street has changed over the years. Albright and Wilson recorded two spills between 1991 and 1996. Rodia recorded 12 spills between 2005 and 2012. Solvay recorded three spills between 2016 and 2017. And Lanxis, the current owners of the plant, recorded eight spills between 2018 and now. Live 5 News requested more information after the most recent spill in June. The current plant owners, Lanxis, acquired the property in 2018. Since then, the spills from the plant have included five different chemicals, phosphorus, ethylene dichloride, dichloroethane, sodium hydroxide, and chlorine. Policies that have been proposed to try to fix these issues and prevent them from happening again, there's been nothing done to mitigate uh, the potential damage that's occurred, and there's really been no answers as far as why they're occurring in the first place. So it just makes me feel like the chemical plant doesn't really have concern for the people that live in this community. DHEC told Live 5 if there ever was an issue at the facility that had the potential to impact people's health or the environment, immediate notifications and action would take place to protect the nearby community and facility members at the plant. In the newsroom, Emily Johnson, Live 5 News.
If you live on James Island, there's a lane closure starting today that could affect your commutes. Starting at 6 a.m. today, construction crews will work to resurface the Grimball Road extension. That road is from Folly Road to Old Military Road, and it'll be closed from 6 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day through the 22nd. Officials say all road work will be dependent on the weather, and they ask if you're going through the area to be prepared to slow down. Another traffic alert you should know about. The State Department of Transportation is installing an all-way stop at a Berkeley County intersection. The all-way stop will be put in at the U.S. 176 and Mudville Road intersection. Starting next Wednesday, drivers coming from all four directions will have to come to a complete stop. Officials say this stop will convert uh, the intersection into a single-lane roundabout. This is the same intersection that left 14 people injured and nine hospitalized this time last year. SCDOT expects the projects to be completed in the summer of 2024. A stoplight in Goose Creek that was supposed to fix a multitude of traffic issues in the area still has not been installed. Yeah, that stoplight at St. James Avenue and Myers Road was approved almost a year and a half ago. And residents in the area say they're all, they've almost lost hope that, that it'll get done. Our traffic anchor, Alicia Wimberly, she joins us now to tell us why people in the area say that the intersection is still driving them crazy. Alicia, you actually got some response from state officials. Yeah, Nick, Katie, I did. In fact, this a traffic signal was due to be installed about March of last year. But some neighbors in the area say the problem is communication. According to the South Carolina Department of Public Safety, there's been over 150 crashes in the area in the last five years, along with dozens of injuries. SCDOT officials performed a traffic analysis and found the volume in that area is too high, which is why a traffic signal was approved to begin with. And warrant construction could likely take up to 15 months. But according to the department, as soon as the project was approved, the design for the traffic signal began. And by August 9th of last year, a contract was put in place for work. Michelle Yusko has lived in the subdivision across the intersection for 15 years and says it's horrendous. She says they've gotten no notice or update since when the light will officially be at the intersection? Never. We have, I have to go and ask other people, maybe the electric company. They keep telling me what they're hearing, and it's just not happening. I'm waiting, and I'll praise them finally, but they better start now <laughs> if they're going to get it done. SCD OT did let me know the traffic signal mass arms for this intersection have been designed and ordered. Now, the next step is installation, and the official completion date is December 31st of this year. Now, don't forget, please let us know what's driving you crazy by going on to our website at live5news.com and clicking on the link under this web story. A local nonprofit, Trident United Way, is launching its Changemaker Grants program. This, this initiative aims to provide resources and support to local nonprofits, making a difference in our community. Our Destiny Kennedy is live in North Charleston at Trident United Way. Destiny, what should nonprofits interested in the grant know? Good morning, Nick and Katie. The Changemaker Grant Program will offer investments to improve and expand the mission of nonprofits. Trident United Way will award Changemaker Grants in four cycles before June 30th of next year, with a minimum pool of $100,000 per cycle. Each grant cycle will have a specific focus, focusing on 
skill building for staff members, diversity and equity initiatives, leadership development, management training, and strategic planning. The total of each grant will vary based on the particular project and financial request from each chosen agency. Stacy Stagliano, president of Katie's Crops, which is a nonprofit that provides fresh produce to those facing food insecurities, say they will apply for the Changemaker grant and talks about the benefits of a past grant they received. This year, we received a grant to host Spring Fest, which was a spring festival we held in March, and everybody got to come up to the garden and experience the garden. We did plant giveaways, seed giveaways. We opened our butterfly house. We gained so many new volunteers and supporters from that event. President and CEO of Trident United Way, DJ Hampton, says it all comes down to the well-being of families in the community. Changemaker grants will come out every quarter targeted at community needs, especially those things that are in the way of families getting ahead financially. And so the goal is to lift up families. This first grant is targeted at capacity building for nonprofits. What's in the way of them financially being able to do more of the good work we know they need to do? Applications will open August 23rd through September 11th. For details on the requirements and the application process, click this story at live5news.com. Reporting live in North Charleston, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. Thank you, Destiny. A new South Carolina rule will give teachers some worry-free time off to welcome a new child into their family. Governor Henry McMaster signed a law yesterday preventing Palmetto State educators from having to use paid time off and sick days to cover their parental leave. Some teachers are championing the new law as a win for their peers, who no longer have to choose between work and family during one of the most important periods of their lives. It is one beautiful step in the right direction to providing parents the time that is needed to welcome a new person into their lives and provide for them in their most vulnerable moments. The new law builds on one signed last year, giving out similar guarantees to all state employees. As part of an ongoing effort to address South Carolina's nursing shortage, a new partnership will provide $10 million in financial assistance to students pursuing nursing faculty after graduation. This comes as the state's General Assembly allocated another $10 million in funding to address the shortage. Officials say the assistance will be tuition reimbursement for up to $30,000 per school year for a student working towards their Ph.D. in nursing practice. Following graduation, participants must be a nurse in South Carolina for two years for each year of tuition reimbursement that they received. At the top of the show, I told you that on this date in 1982, the first commercially produced CDs were produced. The first pressing included a recording of the song, The Visitors, the group was ABBA. You definitely deserve a gold record if you got that answer correct. Celebrating birthdays on this Thursday, actor Robert De Niro is 80. Singer Belinda Carlisle is 65. Actor Sean Penn is 63. And actor Brighton James, who plays Devin Winters on The Young and the Restless, is 37. Thank you again for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. Hope you have a great Thursday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. 
Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.